Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Digital Artcast. Um, we are now rounding out the year. Um, it's getting close to the end. Um, thank God. I know for some people, uh, this piece of shit year couldn't get any worse. Um, so I'm hoping that, you know, looking towards the future and next year, there's going to be some positive things coming. Um, and of course, you know, like I hope and say every episode that this podcast and my little slice of the internet is helping you guys get through whatever you're getting through. Um, hopefully you're focusing on a project or you're building yourself up in some respects with a new skill set. You know, I think with the walls closing in and the way COVID's hit us all, um, it has been a time for self-improvement. Um, and again, I think, you know, I'm quite uh, humbled by the fact that a lot of people message me and say that the podcast is definitely keeping them going. Um, so I want to do something very special uh, towards the end of the year and get on um, probably the biggest guest I've had on my podcast. Um, we've definitely spoke to some, you know, top tier artists. Um, but then I think this particular um, person that I've had on or are going to have on just now is one that has been probably my most requested um, guest and someone that um, I think just I personally have wanted to speak to on a, a level from artist to artist because uh, there's definitely a, a, an indication you can get from someone about how they are from you know watching an interview but having an actual conversation um, is a whole different thing so yeah so today we are talking to um, someone who I think is um, I don't want to use the word legend you know I don't know if I don't want to maybe uh, you know make him feel uncomfortable in that sense but I definitely feel like some of the things he's worked on, the projects especially, have been legendary. So um, if you can please, please help me in welcoming along today's guest, uh, Mr. Maciej Kutiara. Hey, Maciej. Hey, howdy. Hello. Um, yeah, wow. Thanks for coming on and, and speaking to us. Um, I'm definitely humbled and very honoured to have you here. Um, it's been a, a long time in the making, but uh, yeah, we've uh, we've eventually got here um thank god um <laughs> what an intro though yeah, <laughs> yeah i know oh no <laughs> man like crazy. uh i definitely i definitely have to get people to uh to the high standard they're regarded and i think like you said you know we're talking just before we rolled but you know you're like oh, i don't feel like i'm doing a lot or i think it's like it's almost the imposter syndrome in a way right you always constantly feel like ah, you know my stuff's not that good or i'm not you know you're always kind of uh self-deprecating as artists um, but then from the outside looking in, you know, we understand that, you know, um, you've done a lot in the time you've worked in the industry. There's a lot of things you've left your, your fingerprints on that have become, you know, massive projects. I mean, even way back when you were working on like crisis, for God's sake, I mean, you know, it's like, you know, that was a big thing even then, but then, you know, right. you know, coming to America, working on last of us, and then almost instantaneously bang, you're into the film industry, you know, you're working on massive projects there um you know stuff even stuff like ghost in the shell when that dropped and you know you and ash and a couple other really big artists were working on that um and then of course you're heavy into marvel so you're in you know avengers um you know even most recently you know stuff like jungle cruise or you know wonder woman um and of course now you know stuff that's in kind of pre-production which is like guardians 3 you know thor um there's so much going on right there's so many things i think in the space of what 15 ish years um that you've kind of just you've you've managed to land on these massive projects um and i don't think by luck right you know 
you've got to have some kind of talent to be noticed by you know especially the american market because it is so um right there's so much going on there right and especially coming from this side of the pond where we are in europe you know like you don't get that plane ride unless you kind of know what you're doing right you have to be doing something that is competent in a sense i mean has it have you ever looked back and reflected especially since 2020 hit you know and that was kind of that end of decade thing did you look back and think you know look how far i've come has that ever kind of landed on you uh sometimes i actually meant to ask you how how are you enjoying 2020 so far <laughs> <laughs> fucking I, sucks I, man i, I thought oh. it was a good year what, what are you talking yeah. about <laughs> yeah i know jesus i mean i just want to think the end at this point it's like it's oh, the walls are closing crazy. in and it's oh, a pretty man. crazy year but i'll be honest I mean, with you I, i'm yeah. i'm personally honestly I, there is just it's a mix it's a mixed bag because Hmm. This year was kind of, kind of interesting. Like, uh, albeit everything going on uh, in the world right now, from like yeah. professional level, it was really good for me. You know, like right. I've managed to get some of the projects that I always wanted to get done on the personal mm-hmm. level, and yeah, uh, and succeeded. I found you know different passion here and there, uh, different callings, and like personal sort of like discoveries as well, which I felt mm-hmm. were something that i was missing for many many years and like a lot of self-reflection and maybe it's because and it's not even because you know i had more more personal time i was actually Mm. more busy than i wish i were i was kind of like it kind of sounds weird but i was really hoping to get some time off when everything Mm. was going on with you know pandemic and whatnot but i was lucky enough not to which is Mm. I'm thankful for, but on the other hand, I was kind of, I was kind of like, ah, god damn it! Yeah. I wish I had that personal time to like contemplate and think. But then, yeah. on the other hand, I found, you know, uh, I, I started mountain biking, for instance, uh, this summer, and okay. mm-hmm. just just by virtue of being out out there mm-hmm. so much, because I, mm-hmm. I think I've spent easily like a couple of hours a week, if not more in the mountains you know and uh just just biking and 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 you know exploring terrain and and going on trails and that by by virtue of being there like you're you know obviously you see hikers and other bikers and whatnot but for the most part you're alone with yourself Mm -hmm. and with your thoughts you know obviously if i ride with friends that's a that's a different thing but yeah yeah. uh, it makes you want to like enjoy nature and think about your life a lot you know that's something i found uh like a like a wholesomeness of it almost <laughs> yeah i mean like in essence i think it's we take that for granted in scotland because we have so much beautiful lost countryside where you can kind of get lost for hours um yeah but i always yeah, feel yeah. like I even when i was in say. la yeah like even when i was uh was in la last year for lightbox you know i was stunned about you know how much the city you know kind of towers over you um and also just the disparity between wealth and poorness like it was crazy as well um and it's it's uh it's something i think i see more because you know i'm in scotland but even our homeless situation right isn't that bad in all our city centers and we're glasgow's one of the you know the the poorest cities in the in the world at this point most especially europe i mean i think it definitely is but um but yeah like i think if you can get out to nature more and walk away from the city it definitely does revitalize you and i mean it's still got to be crazy to you but i mean even especially to me moving from somewhere like like a small town here in, in falkirk probably somewhere coming from poland where like you know la is like 
it never shuts up right it's constantly shouting at you even for the the minute you land but then is that has that noise dulled in the background over the years do you feel it anymore i moved out from la for that reason it's just it's right. it's an insane city and this year kind of exposed to me personally how insane the city is and how fragile everything is like mm. you know one of the things that when you when you get to la uh, at least that was true when i got there uh you know some years ago now was that there's just so many opportunities you know for mm. you to grab and you just have to be hustling to make them happen and uh that that was something that i always admired about the city like there's just the vibe of making stuff happen you know yeah like everywhere you would go in the city that would be pretty much like the prevailing vibe especially yeah. with, when you meet with other other creatives and other artists and mm. uh, people working in the industry there was always this sort of notion like i'm making something happen you know and that kind of got yeah, yeah, yeah. you to that dance of like i want to make something happen too you know yeah, yeah, yeah. um like but, working on your own shows and your own animations and yeah. yeah 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 but but then also like the tax that comes with it is just you're living in like a crazy um beehive almost of, of humans you know right you're yeah. just constantly in traffic everything costs fortune uh mm -hmm. the quality of living living is like unless you're rich then yeah, yeah it could be good but otherwise it's just like really i'm paying so much for this you know yeah, yeah, yeah. and now it's just you mentioned homelessness you should you should come to la dude <laughs> like right now you would be <laughs> where am i like what the yeah, fuck yeah, yeah. Is going on it's crazy it's it's absolutely yeah. insane and yeah. uh you know i'm 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 a dad right now like i've been done for dad for a few years i have a daughter yep. uh mm -hmm. mentioned this many times and it's yeah. just you know at this point is for 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 me and my family it was just not a healthy place to be at all yeah. and we kind of had that epiphany for for many years uh mm. but nowhere near as uh intense of a feeling to get the hell out as this year you know mm. and um, i mean yeah I was just going to say like it for me especially I think you know you know I was walking about Riot Games and walking about Blizzard and you know, got to tour a couple of studios when I was out there and I thought oh, you know this is really cool I mean I mean Riot especially seemed like an absolute dreamland like the mecca for artists but you know yeah, it's a pretty I, pretty insane campus that they have there yeah it is actually mental but uh because I was out there visiting some of my friends on the Valorant team and uh like I mean it's awesome but then you know when you look at the future because I'm I mean I'm 35 now so I was an engineer in the railway industry till 28 mm -hmm. and then I left to chase my dream quote unquote um and uh you know now that i'm a bit older things like you know kids are coming up and you know what am i going to do and where am i going to live in the next couple of years and you know stuff like i mean even just simple stuff like guns healthcare kids like it does make you think about well, where do i feel safest in the world where do i want to be you know for that future to happen and uh like so i'm gonna say you know especially in europe because we have stuff like you know free universal health care and you know our gun laws have been in place for a long long time so we don't have any of that um although we have to put up with the you know the tory party in in london but you know in general it's a pretty safe place to live like in and but then i think for me as an outsider right 
I only see the TV version of America, right? Yeah, so, yeah. I was know, about to guns, say <laughs> gun, gun, guns everywhere. Everybody's dying in the street. But like, uh, is it something that you you, you feel watch like, too much TV, it, dude? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it probably is. Like, yeah. I mean, you you live there, right? Honestly, so you can tell me how you feel about the city. Do you feel it's somewhere you could still be for a while and could live there? You know, I mentioned this uh, before the call. Like, the grass is always greener on the other side, and you know, right, I think right. that the, the it's kind of crazy because like anyone I talk with, like any Europeans friends, and I, I was in the same place as you were. Like, uh, it, until I I were here in America, living in America, my notion of what America is was like completely different. It was just movie based, right. basically. So yeah. I was just having assumptions like, oh, I saw this in the movie. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's of... the governor. What the fuck's happening? <laughs> I actually saw yeah. him on the bike one day uh, in, in oh, Santa really? Monica. Yeah, he was just strolling through the Santa Monica, but that was like a few years ago. Yeah, uh, he, he I actually saw him there. in Edinburgh as well. He was cycling in Edinburgh at one point, smoking. Oh, there uh, you go. I think he was, yeah, he was like cutting um, about, so. But yeah, it's that. like, yeah. you know, I've, I've, I think I talked about it too, like before mm-hmm. on my podcast mm-hmm. that moving to America was such a culture shock because like, you know, you, you consider USA as a fir- first, for quote unquote, first world country, like with most yes. European countries as well. Right. So let's say developed, you know, Western country and, uh, but they could, America could not be more different than you think than anything mm. else you would see in Europe. I mean, you, you you get cars, you get this, you get that, like you get like the basic yeah, yeah. needs. All of those mm. things are there. But yes. there's just like so many small things that hit you from from like, you know, from uh surprise point where it's like, wait, like this is how it is here, you know? Right. <laughs> like yeah. you just learn those little things and you realize how different the life is. Yeah. Um, I mean, but it's also, I think mm-hmm. LA specifically, you know, like for the people who live in LA and only lived in LA, it's such a bubble. It's, it's a giant bubble of bullshit in my opinion. Like at least, <laughs> you know, that's something I've kind of realized over years. Yeah. The moment you get outside of the city to the countryside, like the life is so different, like so different. Yeah. And, yeah. um, yeah, everybody yeah, keeps talking about that place in LA called uh, Joshua Tree. Like they were always saying, you really have to go and look at it. It's supposed to be like one of the funkiest places um, in California place. to visit. It's it's a nice spot. It's pretty close to LA. Like it's a it's right. a small. I would say it's a pretty small park. Um, I haven't been in Joshua Tree in like years, actually. So I don't know how it. I mean, it's, it wouldn't yeah. change much. I mean, it's a, it's a national. Yeah, yeah. something uh, to do with crazy kind of tree colors and sand, and yeah, it's like a. Well, you have those. Like a tri- you have those big giant boulders in the middle of a desert and uh, Joshua right. trees, right? So that's ah, like okay, why it's called Joshua tree. You have those tree, you know, yeah. weird looking yeah. trees, but there are a bunch yeah. of places like that in California. You know, it was the thing about California uh, for people who love it and hate it, uh, it's yeah. it's one of the states where it, it just has so many natural monuments that are just absolutely insane. I, I feel like anyone who goes to uh, US and wants to visit mm-hmm. California they should by f- any stretch of imagination avoid LA and go right. to places like Yosemite or uh, uh, okay. Sequoia or you know mm. the the Death Valley, right? Those places right. where you just like what the hell or Mojave, right? Those those big big parks that are just so in in terms of scale and right. And beauty they're just insane and everything is sort of like hours away from you you know that's the the craziest part like there's just so many places that 
have a completely different landscape and vibe and they are literally hours away i think that's what makes california special but yeah um to your point you you mentioned you know the the stuff about you know being on the countryside and and seeing Mm -hmm. you know seeing the life of americans and like (laughs) in the tv form you know i had i had this epiphany myself where i would look at uh you know how my life is and like kind of a craving to that you know all good old times when i was when i was a kid i would visit my Mm. grandparents on the countryside in poland and the life was just slow and you would just you know live by a day and sort of like not worry about the future and Mm. there's something about that there's definitely something about not being in the city and i I guess it just depends on like who are you personally like what yeah. what your goals are and what do you like? Mm. I know some people that love being in the buzz. You know, they just yeah. love being in this. You know, right in the middle of everything. No mm. no quietness. Just go go go. They just love being in that vibe and they just wither yeah. when they are not in it. Yeah. Um, but I I think I had this year like my self discovery where to me it's like I think I'm starting to get a co- completely opposite and I want to have a mm. quiet time and. And not be yeah. in the middle of everything, you know? Yeah, especially when you've got kids and family to deal with. Like, you know, there's enough chaos in your house. You don't want that outside your door as well, right? You want some kind of semblance of being able to escape to a place where there is quiet, where there is rest, where there's time to reflect on your thoughts and, like you said, go cycling or walking or yeah. you know, something. Just have time something for family can switch in off. general. You're not yeah, working to pay bills all the time, you know? Yeah, well, you came off Facebook recently as well, right? You made the announcement. You were like, "I'm just, I'm basically just not going to be here anymore." Really, I'm just going to kind of bounce. Not only and, Facebook, you know. I completely deleted Twitter. Twitter, I think that's just a giant cesspool of shit. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's weird though because people are always like, "Oh yeah, man," for like art, especially like Twitter seems to be the place. But then I don't know if it's because I'm out of touch now because I'm in my thirties. But I'm kind of like, oh, I thought Instagram was like still the hookup for you know posting stuff. But then. I don't know much yeah. about Twitter as well. So, I mean, I came from the Facebook. I mean, I, I came from the MySpace generation. It's a fucking old arm. But, like, uh, but yeah, like, yeah, man, like, it's it's crazy now to think, you know, Machi, I was, when I was first starting to draw before I left my job, I was ordering no one DVDs <laughs> to my house. That's, yeah, that's how I'm, I'm that old as well. Yeah. 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 Like, it's crazy. So, I mean, like, you know, when you see a lot of people now that are, are waking up to want to do concept art now and, like, you know, the internet's on your doorstep, it's, almost pretty overwhelming actually yeah i mean when i left my job in 2012 like art station wasn't even a thing you know what i mean like that's yeah i had i had to i had to physically google concept art and find somebody that i thought looked good and then send them an email and wait for like six months for it to get back to me when it was free i mean like that's now the polar opposite right where it's almost instantaneous because you have guys, you know, almost on hand to deal with requests or like give people feedback. And, you know, that's almost what I think was now diving into the art side of it. Like learn squared has exploded, you know, and you know, that's one of the main places people now go to get education and then entertainment industry, um, apart from, you know, CGMA and, you know, Nomon and other places, but, uh, does it kind of freak you out now looking at the landscape and thinking like how much it has changed since you started teaching yourself? Yeah. Yeah. It changed. It changed a lot. I mean, I remember when ZBrush was not a thing where it was like a two and a half D, you yeah. know, weird canvas, 3D canvas painting. Dynamesh wasn't even a thing yet. 
I mean, yeah, no, like, I mean, forget about Dynamesh. Yeah. I'm, I'm not. I'm talking yeah. about the time where it was not even a 3D tool for sculpting. Oh you know? yeah, it of was course. Just a weird, <laughs> it's weird, two and a half yeah. D weird thing. I remember yeah. it, came, it came out when I was at Crytek, and uh, everyone was like, "What the hell is this?" You know, like, how would you even want to use that? It makes no sense. And then, like, a few years later, it's like everyone's sculpting in it, and, and, and you know, and and making sculptures for for film and video games, all that stuff. So I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. Interesting. So yeah. definitely, you know, the landscape has been changing all the time. And yeah, it's kind of crazy how fast things go. You mentioned that, you know, everything is sort of like on the fingertips right now. And it's yeah. great, but it's also like overwhelming. I feel I feel like oh yeah. We're in a we're in a we're in a times where when you want to learn anything, it's just, you know, it's it's a uh, it's hard. It's hard for someone yeah. who doesn't know how to curate and find the right yeah. uh, source material. You know, I, I feel yeah. like that's the biggest issue. Because, like, you mm. you know, if you get those quotes, you go on Instagram, and every every now and then in the feed, you get like this weird inspirational quotes you didn't ask for. <laughs> and <laughs> and why it's like from Elon Musk, like, oh, you, you know, uh, yeah. everything is free on the internet. It's like it's true. You can learn pretty much yeah. any craft, and and literally mm. get into like phd level just from internet i mean i think stanford oh, and and harvard they they do have some of the classes like completely free online like obviously after mm. like some of the recordings of their classes basically right and mm. the lectures they they have that free online and it's crazy like you can learn about you know nuclear physics and, and you know, crazy stuff that you would normally have to go to university and pay a lot of money like you still have to do that to to, to earn the phd but you can yeah. find that material online for free. The problem mm. is, the biggest problem, and that's the big one in 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 arts world, because I, I mean we live in that world, so this is the the world we're familiar with. Mm. Is that you you turn on a video on YouTube, and for first five minutes you watch a face talking to you about random shit you don't want to hear about, <laughs> and then they do something you want to learn about, and then how do you know if they're doing it in the right way or if oh, they're just yeah. like assuming that that's the right way to do you know or, and to go because you know like when you do complex things with 3d or you know animation or vfx yeah. there's just multiple ways of approaching the the the, the problem and with, with the different software and all and all that kind of stuff yeah. and it's very easy to get lost it's like am i using the right software to begin with for this is there oh, a better yeah, yeah. solution out there am i approaching yeah. the problem from the right point of view yeah. like you will not get that answer unless you get someone who's absolutely at the top of the of the food chain when it comes to art to tell you yeah. that and here's another problem a lot of like absolutely amazing artists they just don't want to teach they just don't want to yeah. teach because like I, I this is something i found and it's kind of fascinating it's like the the better the artist the less likely they're going to teach <laughs> mm. you know it's kind of yeah. funny um, yeah, but I, I, I or do don't make good teachers that. also like not not every artist can be a good. Oh teacher yeah, of also. course, that's also a thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And there are some teachers that are not necessarily the great artists, but they are mm. amazing at teaching. You know, teaching. yep, yep. And uh, they know how to explain the subject. Maybe the results not going to be you know it's not going to be your next Greg Mullins painting, but mm. it's absolutely going to explain everything you need to know about how to get to that point. You know, yeah. um. Versus, you know, I've seen yeah. some of 
one like some of my favorite artists to do tutorials and they just it's like i don't know if i learned anything you know yeah and there oh, you would watch a video on on youtube that a person's yeah. trying to do something it doesn't look that great but yeah he makes the point across and then you can use it for mm. your own good and you see like okay that's pretty powerful you know so it's kind of it's kind of wild out there and you know yeah um i get it though you know like even mm. from a personal level i teaching is incredibly taxing and difficult you know it yes. just takes so much energy because like you have to rethink Mm -hmm. if you want to teach correctly and get your point across like you have to almost like teach yourself how to do that and you realize down the road is that oh in order to explain the subject i actually have to like educate myself how i got to that point in my past 15 years that i just mm -hmm. took for granted you know and just yeah that's that that is not an easy task <laughs> It's just, I think, an unbelievable landscape of so much, like, you know, just things shouting in your face for your attention constantly. And, you know, one of my friends who works in Glasgow, um, you know, probably an artist that, you know, not a lot of people know about, but he's worked on some of these massive projects for films, but he almost, in a sense, like he's aware of the internet and knows like, you know, like online courses, but mm -hmm. he sits just constantly every day with a sketchbook and a pencil. That's his medium. You know, he can do stuff digitally, he uses Procreate, but like his idea was like, I'm not going to watch a bunch of tutorials and get lost. Like he just sat every day with a pencil and done constant life study drawings, life drawing, right. you know, still life, just absolutely honing that skill. Almost like a, you know, like a Kim Jong-ji level of like, you know, I'm just going to do one thing, but do it fucking really well. And like, that's what will get me hired. And that's almost something that I was trying to explain to a bunch of students at my university, you know, not long ago. I'm kind of teaching and like having like a small feedback session for some of the guys that I used to teach at university. But um, I'm almost, you know, they always come to me like, oh, you know, to be a concept artist, I need to know ZBrush, Cinema 4D, V-Ray, uh, Blender now. I need to know how to photo bash, you know, color. And then I try to nail it and I'm like, look, just focus on drawing and painting and you'll get halfway there. Like you'll almost get 90% of the way there. If you just have a really core foundation, then you worry about, you know, the tips and tricks and things that will make you super fast, you know, like, cause I believe, I mean, this is just me personally, but I believe that like drawing is the foundation almost to everything you'll do in the entertainment industry. Like if you yeah, can hold a pencil helps, and get an sure. idea across. Yeah. I mean, like I'm not saying it's like the be and end but I feel like if you've got a solid drawing foundation, it will open more doors and it will close, if you know what I mean. Yeah, it's I mean, some of, of those, my yeah. favorite directors do their own storyboards, you know, that that tells you well, a lot. Well, yeah, Ridley and guys like that, you know, they were drawing their storyboards well before they were filming stuff. And, uh, you know, it's like even Cameron, I mean, like he's famous for a lot of the stuff he was yeah. drawing early on. So, like I said, I think if you can get across a point with a pencil on a bit of paper, you're 90 percent of the way there right that's yeah that's it's definitely the, the quickest way to show what you need to show you know like it, yeah you can open up a computer and start you know bashing photo bashing or you know kid bashing 3d and, or yeah and, and and trying to design things but nothing is faster than just sketching and doodling even if it looks like crap you, you're still gonna get the point across 100 percent. what do you yeah. want to show and then eventually you can you know refine that you know the beauty Expanded of, of it, yeah yeah exactly yeah. i think yeah. the beauty of today is 
the fact that you can kind of choose who you want to be in this industry almost, you know, obviously mm. there, are, there are trends and things that will get you more likely hired. Mm. Um, but also it doesn't necessarily mean that you need to be hired to make a living either. Mm. There's so many yes. good examples of that already, like how social media, you know, basically becomes this platform where now because of your presence and the amount of people that follow you you can mm. actually make a living doing your own, doing your own thing which is something i i do you know coming back to social media i, I think that's mm -hmm. that's one of the reasons to sort of like keep your presence in there but i would say yeah. that's the the one and all and the sole reason to do that um i i don't consider social media as a platform to communicate with people unless it's you know talking with uh with people that follow my work um mm. and just giving a reply here and there um but honestly it's not a platform to make friends at all you know you asked like mm. uh, about twitter like in the one of the reasons i deleted twitter is just like i looked at uh almost like the return of investment like how much time mm. I need to spend to post and cater to. Uh, and also it's just, it, it just became absolutely frustrating because I would follow artists uh, that I like, but I would be battered with political shit that I'm not interested with, you know, like a suggestion <sighs> yeah. from this and suggestion from that. It's like, I don't want to, I don't want to look at that. Like, this is not what I, yeah. you know, this is not what I want to look at. And just you know i never found like except of with acceptance of uh of instagram which is i feel like the only plat the only social media platform right now that is purely like art art focused in a way like mm. or, or art enabling let's put mm -hmm. it this way because all it's all image based right yeah like people almost don't read like they just look at the image <laughs> yeah of course yeah <laughs> and they like literally don't Instagram. read because you post like yeah like i made this in unreal and the first first post is like uh is it real <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> you don't read cool oh um, man it's like even with twitter like it's the trolls as well right or just the people who are like 10 years old with an account i mean like the funniest thing like um i mean you know raph like raph exists and you know raph like i mean where he was like posting some of his uh, street fighter characters or like the x-men stuff he was doing and like every third comment was like yeah man good job keep going <laughs> And you're like, it's a fucking more. director at Sony for fuck's sake! Like, what the hell? <laughs> He's like pissing himself laughing. Like, it's it's crazy to me some some of the responses you get with people who just like are there to argue and nothing else. And it's like you know, it's and I feel sometimes like it's you don't want to respond. You like you're never supposed to look at the comments, right? But you just can't help yourself sometimes. Like you just are like, oh, what is some dickhead saying to me? Yeah, like, you just have to be on? religious about it though. Like if you read comments, yeah, I mean. I read comments, but I don't like. I read, but I don't read. Let's put it this way, right? Yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I read comments to see if there is any question that I feel like, okay, this is a legit question I could answer to give some information back, like some actual knowledge back. But if, yeah. if there's a if there's a comment like, oh, it looks like it looks like X, Y, and Z, or did you use this brush or that? It's like I don't answer oh, yeah. those questions because a. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be rude because, like, it's you, mm -hmm. I usually post what I did in my description. So if you read the description, you know exactly what you're looking at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to be rude to reply and be an asshole. Uh, it's just not in my nature. 
But also it's just like one bad comment, like one person who's just being a, a, a troll or a, or a vile mm. person or just a jealous person or whatever. Like even or, yeah, or, yeah, yeah. or a person that has a bad day and just wants to like unload on you specifically, right? Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. that happens too. Like one person will ruin your day. Like you can get a you can get a hundreds of positive comments of, of or or people like saying thank you or sharing love or like wow this is awesome like uh, it's yeah. inspiring whatever. And then one person says like it looks like shit. I hate you. <laughs> it's like and that kind of <laughs> lingers, even though it's just yeah. the one person out of like thousands that you know appreciate what you do. Um, yeah. And you know here's another part of on this like. Mm-hmm. I feel like for the longest part, everyone was a victim of not only everyone. I'm I'm generalizing, obviously, right? But but yeah, let's yeah, say yeah. generalizing, most of us fall in the, into a victim of victimhood of. I want to see how many likes this is gonna get, and if if not mm. enough, then I did something wrong, right? And it almost like falls into this sort of like self congratulatory uh, you know sort of behavior where it's like if i get a lot of likes then i win and if i don't then i lose it's like that's not the mm. point of which why you're doing the stuff you're doing you know unless you're literally just trying to game the social media for your um you know for your monetary gain whereas like the more likes yeah. the, the more money i make then then yeah okay that makes yeah. sense but if yeah. you're posting for likes then you're you're this is something I've noticed myself where I would not necessarily stress about it, but like be un- unhealthily aware about that issue. Like, okay, oh God, this post didn't make that much likes, you know, like eh, maybe people don't like it. And then you and then you start stressing about posting stuff that people may like or doing stuff that people may like instead of doing stuff that inspires you specifically, you know? Yeah, and so if you're doing that for the wrong reasons, then you're gonna feel unhappy, for sure. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, that's definitely I, I something I've noticed where it's like you post something, you you, you make something you really you really wanted to make, and people really like it, right? And then you find yourself like, oh, I need to make another one of those, even though you don't really want to do it, you know. Just yeah. because, like, somewhere in the back of your head, it's like, oh, people gonna like if I do another one of those, you know. But then you, 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 you're basically using your energy to do something you don't necessarily, you're not necessarily inspired uh, about, you know, or not necessarily yeah. excited about anymore. Mm-hmm. And it just depends. Like, there are some people, like you mentioned, your friend, and and you know, there there are other artists that we really know really well that. Mm-hmm. are just so insanely good at doing one thing and they just yeah. perfected it and it's just for them it's the one thing that they love doing all the time and they'll do it forever and never get bored you know yes yeah like drawing i love drawing mm-hmm. i'm gonna draw until i die and you know this is yeah. and i'm gonna be absolute absolute perfectionist about it and you yeah. you see people like that and it, it's yeah it's it's kind of interesting because it's a completely different personality you know uh yeah. Like I because he's myself... so switched off from I was yeah, gonna go say because he's so switched off from like the internet also right so he he almost doesn't partake in that at all like he just every day gets up draws for ten hours a day and then goes to bed and, and repeats but then like obviously he's right. drawn for clients so he's doing work but like his focus was what I'm trying to get is like is social media the enemy you know is it the thing that's actually stopping people from reaching their potential because they're so focused on the noise 
Yeah, it depends on how you approach it, I guess, right? Like, if you're mm. approaching it as a platform where, you know, it becomes almost like a discovery platform for your clients, or it becomes a business platform for your business, then mm. that's a one thing. But if you're, yeah. if you're focused on, you know, m focused on making something that is good for you, but instead you listen to the crowd, then yeah. it might not be the healthiest approach, you know, because, yeah, yeah. you know, it's like, it's sometimes, sometimes people are right. If you're, if you're too into your, in your own head and you fit, you think you're the, the shit, but you aren't, you know? Yeah, yeah, and then you ignore what people say. Um, hmm. You can get lost with that, obviously. But if you know, if you if you, if you're like, if you know, if you know you're good, if you know what you do mm -hmm. is good, and if and if your instinct is telling you that what you're doing is going to benefit you in the future, and you have a track record of following your heart, and then benefiting from that, then you should probably continue doing that, right? <laughs> I yeah, hundred percent. Uh, so it's. You know, people dem demonize and people praise the social media for being either the worst or the best thing ever. I mm. think it, I think it's neither. I f I don't think right. I I think I can agree with anyone who is saying social media is not really social. I can agree with that hundred yeah. percent. Because like, for the most part, the connections you're gonna make on social media are not going to be deep connections. For for the, I'm not saying always, but for the most part, like see what yeah. happens like do this like delete not delete like even just abandon social media for a month yeah and see how many of the people that talk to you on a regular basis still talk to you after oh, that yeah, you yeah. know yeah. you're gonna be 100%. shocked <laughs> yeah, not yeah, that yeah. many not that you try many. to tell me that i should stop talking to you Mitchie. you couldn't hear from him anymore <laughs> uh well i don't see i see that the thing is i talk with ash on the phone <laughs> ah right okay old yeah. school yeah yeah old school yeah, yeah old school yeah, stuff man. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I have a bunch of friends which, like, you know, I do, you asked about Facebook, I still have my personal Facebook, but it's completely blocked off. And I only use it to still sort of like talk to people that I want to talk with, uh, right. that I, you know, haven't uh, talked with, or like, or ask them questions or, you know, exchange ideas about, you know, art in general, just to have right. a connection like that. But yeah. I don't use it to post or do anything uh, anymore. I do use my page, but that's mm. like connected to my Instagram. So it's like, you know, it's almost like I have one hub, which is Instagram that I use to mm. basically have my presence out there. Because that's something I don't want to do personally. I feel like it's it wouldn't be a smart move for me just to completely delete myself from the internet. That's not the way to right. go. I just really yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'm not stupid. I realize and even just from like experience, like how much traction my work yeah. gets when it gets shared and what kind of projects I get out of this. So, so obviously yeah. I will continue doing that, but, mm. um, but yeah, I, I felt I mean, like for me, it was for overwhelming. Me, yeah. For me, Facebook in a way is like LinkedIn for me. Like I have like three and a half thousand friends, but like the, every single one apart from maybe like my girlfriend and my parents are all artists are all industry people. So, you know, I've scrolled through it and see people posting about their work or the project they've just finished or, you know, like if I'm even occasionally because I've got, you know, I've only had 60 odd guests or something, but there's 3000 people on my Facebook. So I'll see somebody post something and be like, he would make a good guest. I'll reach out to him. Cool. Right. There's another episode. 
So like, you know, that's almost doing the work for me. So it, I feel like that's what Facebook to me is that is, is the way of me reaching out to other creatives and professionals to get feedback or to obviously speak to them on the podcast. So yeah, I get what you mean. For me, like Facebook, I don't think even the younger people I know in my life who are like in their early twenties, for them, it's like Instagram, Twitter is mostly where they're kind of living or WhatsApp exclusively and just having conversations with their friends. So it's like Facebook now is, is a total afterthought. I don't think a lot of people even really use it anymore. Um, it's yeah. shockingly one of the best advertising platforms though from what i hear so <laughs> yeah i think if you're definitely looking for things like shops or clothing or stuff in your local area like it will help you in that respect but i don't know how good it would be for trying to sell art yeah. courses although i say that but i don't know if have you found like with learn squared that has been something that you've utilized and has seen a response that's been good well i'm not gonna get into the nitty-gritty of that but oh yeah of course I, yeah, I just a generalization you, yeah i can tell you you know it's I feel like the general the general approach that I have mm-hmm. and it's changed over years. Like I remember talking about this a year ago where it's like, oh, like just keep your presence on and just, you know, post everywhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it it's like it changed over time where you realize, okay, there are certain platforms that work for me specifically to basically be there and advertise myself look at it from a perspective of business but also okay if there is any interaction that i have with the community which Mm. platform allows me to have the healthiest uh interaction and to me specifically instagram was that thing right i Uh, i never like the most frustrating part uh, coming back to twitter like it's Mm. just the um, the limit of words you can say it's just like okay like you cannot really go in depth into anything and you almost have to post like 10 posts to explain what you want to do and that was just such a frustrating thing that it was just like and when you post a picture that that accounts for number of words like that makes no sense Mm. and if you want to hashtag then you're if you want to if you want to have a discovery then you're not having any substance in your post right if you want to have a substance then you have no discovery you know it's like how is that making any sense and and why it's designed that way you know and then i i felt like um i i felt like i could have more meaningful conversation with people or like back and forth on platforms like instagram or even facebook than on on twitter for, for me twitter and now with you know everything like politically going on it's just like it's just for, for me it's like a dumpster fire that i want to just stay away from <laughs> you know <laughs> um, especially especially being where you are and you know like the time it is and you know yeah we're not going to dive into that but yeah but like yeah it's going to be interesting though to be online now because that never used to be i say even pre-2000s that was never something that you had to be that was never part of your life as an artist, right? right? You made it, your it's art. a distraction too. That's I think that's the word yeah. I was seeking for last fifteen minutes. It's the giant distraction. If you're not looking yeah. at it in a healthy way, you're basically mm-hmm. distracting yourself from producing something yeah. that will meaningfully change your world. Mm. You know, because yeah. uh, I mean, talk is I cheap, even, right? I mean, like even going back to forms, I think that's something that almost should come back or be things that 
artists will seek rather than social, right? Because yeah. the forums are more focused on what you want to do. Are people around you are the same type of people you want to be around, and you know the feedback's more precise. You're not getting every Tom, Dick, and Harry. Um, and I feel like I think that's that definitely sailed already. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's difficult though because yeah, how do you keep that lively and engaging with people? It's um, you know, I think it's also, it's try to think about, you know, the amount of people who are, you know, like yourself, who is like, you know, huge in social media and you have this presence, but, you know, there's obviously thousands of people that work in the games and film industry who don't have social media whatsoever. Like mm. they just get up and go to their work and come back again. Like I know, you know, there's a really interesting guy actually I know who works in the industry and he has an alias. Like he doesn't actually even use his real name. Like he just posts under uh like a like an alias just a, a, like a, a made up name almost like a like you know like sparth like you know right. but then sparse sparse name came from necessity where like nobody could pronounce his name so he basically made a username but like this guy works in the industry and has he just has his username and just works from his house so like it's like is anonymity even better than overexposure that's like and a thing you could almost dive a whole podcast into because you know how oh, much exposure certainly. do you need? <laughs> yeah, how much exposure do you need to make it in the industry? But then again, that comes down to like, well, where do you want to work? You know, which studio do you want to land at? Then, you know, that's obviously varying from person to person. But well, it also comes down. I mean, privacy is. I think it's a big thing, especially yeah, especially the bigger you get. Like the more the more people are aware of who you are. The more likelihood you're gonna you're gonna stumble upon someone who's absolutely out of their mind, you know? Right. Because uh, like even like statistically, what was the statistics? I think one at least one percent of of people in general are sociopath, right? Or psy a psychopath or a sociopath? I can't remember. So Probably out both. of a hundred, yeah, yeah. statistically out of a hundred, one person is is absolutely out of their mind. Yep. You know. Yeah. Um, so especially the many people in the world now, like billions and yeah. billions of people. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. And obviously, there's, there's, you know, I don't, I'm not a master of statistics, nor am I a scientist or a social scientist. Yeah, yeah. So, but, and so I cannot tell how much of that translates into how many of those people actually use social media, all that stuff, right? But mm. it's for it's it's easy or it's fair to say that the more people that are aware of you, the more likelihood you're gonna find someone who is absolutely out of their mind and will go out of their way to you know make sure you're not feeling happy about yourself right so therefore yeah. like troll comments and you know mm. i mean we hear those stories of like twitch gamers and youtubers getting squatted or oh, getting yeah, death yeah. threats for no reason it's like that just happened that literally just happened at ubisoft montreal like somebody phoned in a fake hostage threat in the office yeah and uh there you go that was exactly Crazy, so I, I don't blame people yeah. who wants the privacy you know it's, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. absolutely crucial i i guess at this because you know i think what i've noticed over past two decades of you know almost two decades of being this in this industry in general or just like tracking mm -hmm. on how because i'm old enough to remember rotary phones you know <laughs> so same so same. um yeah. So like and and live pre internet and like how how yeah. different it was and all those fucking fifty six k dial up modems man OG, yeah and those like, fucking weird stuff. sounds like <laughs> when it's loading <laughs> and then you want to watch and then you're loading a picture and like just like it almost like all those old <sighs> printers that just remember when that used to happen line. man oh remember when that used to happen Jesus so Christ, yeah. I and I I would say I'm old enough to remember um you know 
that the life had much lower frequency in general, if that's the mm. right way to say it. Meaning, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, you would go about your your life and learn and and, mm -hmm. and do things and and feel like you're always progressing. Versus now, no matter how hard you try, you're gonna find someone, or even have a perception that the world is moving on and you're missing out, even though you're not, yeah. right? And that's one yeah, of the yeah, reasons, yeah. like, you know. The, the fear of m missing out when people like oh, i don't i don't know if i can take the take time off from from uh social media you know it's the 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 best trick to do like i found is just to unfollow pretty much everybody and then you realize oh the world is kind of moving on and you know there's not much going on like when i go on facebook cuz cuz i literally don't follow anyone except yeah, yeah. i think my company you know right okay. um I literally is like, oh, nothing is going on in the world, so I can leave, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and not, not pay attention to. And it's kind of crazy when you look at it. And like, you go on art station, for instance, and you look at the wall of art that just almost every second is changing, right? Like, there's just so much yeah, yeah, yeah. work being posted, and you feel like, oh shit, I'm such a piece of shit. I'm not doing any work. But then you realize, like, oh wait a second, it's it's a hundred thousand people posting at the same time. So obviously, it's gonna feel like you're lazy but then you go onto like each of those person uh personal profile and it's like oh they post every few months you know right so it's yeah. very difficult to like deceive yourself into thinking that you're not doing enough until yeah. you realize that you know maybe that's not true or maybe it is you know like if you haven't done anything in months and you're just sitting and playing games and watching movies i mean if you want to do that that's fine but then you cannot be angry that you know the world is moving on but but if you're yeah. progressing and constantly you know making things happen on your end that you're happy with you know this is sort of like the trap i would say yeah. would be probably the best to avoid not to pay too much attention to what other people are doing just be aware of you know what's going on and how trends are moving and if those trends match towards your goals you know and yeah. then and then use that like learning new software or you know improving mm -hmm. your skills or maybe your workflow could get much faster so that you have more personal time you know because mm. that's one of the I things mean, that always yeah. frustrated me like when people mm. post and i i was i was a victim of that myself i i, I do that i did that myself like it would be yeah, a hypocrite yeah. not but i've i've did it it's a hypocritical to say that that's a frustrating thing but uh, but also on the on the other hand, this is something I realized over time is that mm -hmm. you know when you when you post something, it's like oh I did it in like twenty minutes. This sketch that looks photorealistic, and everyone is jealous, right? <laughs> it's like how the hell did you do that? And then and then you realize the client reaches out, it's like oh you do 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 those sketches in twenty minutes? Let's do twenty for tomorrow. Oh, okay. It's like oh fuck, okay, I kind of fuck myself. Yeah, okay, oh well, dear, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, um, is that a thing? I mean, like, you know, it's slightly off topic, but I mean, I'm, I've never listened to a podcast, and and the podcast is, you know, you know, basically the guy who is a, a big a beginner. But you know, I felt like when I listened to it, just to try and check out what was on the, you know, the opposite end of the spectrum, where it felt like he just spent an hour complaining and about, you know, how much there is to learn. Oh my god, there's so much. There's so much. You know, like it's almost impossible to be an artist in the industry. Do you feel like it has got to a point where there's too much to learn, or do you feel like people just focus on the wrong things? I I I feel like it's a skill 
um, it's a very difficult skill to obtain and it unfortunately takes years mm -hmm. to get a taste uh, and, and sense. And some people get faster at it and, and really, really nail it pretty quickly. And mm. some people just take time and it takes a lot of uh, trail and error to get to a point where you have distinguished taste towards what is important and what's good what actually facilitates for like a really good art, right? Or, or VFX or animation or whatever, whatever you do, right? right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just mm -hmm. takes a lot of time. And I, I feel for people right now is something that, you know, is very, very difficult for artists these days. Like, cause you, you mentioned, you know, you remember the days where you would order Nomen DVDs because there was just literally nothing else to learn from. Yes. In order to get like, if you want to learn 3ds Max, what would you read a manual? Like <laughs> that wouldn't tell yeah. you how to do stuff. I was you know? uh, David Finch's DVDs and how to draw the head. That right. Was, like, yeah. So, yeah. so it was very difficult to come across knowledge. So you you would by, by by virtue you had to spend a lot of time investigating and finding the right resources. But yeah. because it was very difficult to get out there in terms of like who you are, only like cream the 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 creme la creme of artists would be able to get enough like publisher traction to basically have their work published and and for you to actually discover okay this is like you know ryan church from ilm that did mm -hmm. star wars that is teaching me how to design vehicles i mean i gotta yeah. fucking watch that all right <laughs> of course yeah, yeah but now you go on youtube how to design vehicle you get a million results and which yeah, of yeah. them is good if you don't have that yeah. taste or someone who curates that for you it's very yeah. difficult to find something and you're basically being overwhelmed with the amount of choices you know and you know yeah, just yeah. saying that if if there's too much like the abundance of choices makes you not choose anything right like you eventually you just just you just ex you just get exhausted by how much stuff is out there and it's very difficult to make a decision because then you question yourself did i make the right choice yes you know so i feel for people like i you know like i i don't know how like if you if someone asked me if i was to start over and learn today where would i start i would say i don't I have no fucking clue <laughs> yeah i the feel like question. it would be very difficult for me even to figure out who to learn from and what to learn because here's another thing that i've that that is I, I guess someone someone who is into the subject might be missing out is that if you go on art station i'll bring up art station again like if you go on art station and, and and just close your eyes and randomly click any image like literally randomly with eyes closed click any of the images on the front page yep the 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 stuff you're gonna see that's gonna show up in your browser is going to be leaps and bounds better than what we would see on forums when we were learning back in 2003 and four. Yeah. In terms of quality, so and there's also this thing where, on average, people that are not into art specifically, like who are not privy of like how VFX works or or how art is made they'll have a, a much lower bar of what uh, what is a great artwork versus someone who lives art and you've seen everything and you realize there's like there's a giant difference between the good art and the great art right 
this is something that comes with experience and taste and you know you have to be aware and and know what's possible but for an average person that, that, that they don't give a fuck about you know what tools you use they just look at the artwork it's like oh this looks oh my god this is great for them average image you will yeah. find an art station is already past the limit of what's great yes and you see that in film industry uh, as well you see it actually in every industry you know yeah, yeah. um because there's not that many examples where like if you look at the film landscape how many films are absolute masterpieces not that many and how many of them are actually commercially successful even less yeah, yeah. you know <laughs> so yeah. clearly people don't give a fuck they they just look at what what's familiar in the first place therefore so many sequels um and what's just easy to digest um yeah and that come back think- comes back again to the frequency that I was talking about like back then it was yeah. there wasn't so many things going on and now it's almost like like everything is attacking you from each side it's like very difficult to f- to focus and figure out what do you want to do like mm-hmm. what's good for you what's you know it's good for learning and then you feel like oh if i commit to learning blender am i doing the right thing because their unreal engine is here uh, yeah. or maybe oh. i should do maya because maya is like better connection in vfx industry or maybe 3ds yeah. Mac. and you're like well what the hell like what am i supposed to do you know so what are you supposed to do maji you answer that question right now we need to know you're keeping a secret from us what do we need to yeah, do yeah what do you need to do what do you need to do yeah. you, you see like i don't i i know what works there's only one thing that i found over over 20 years that specifically for me always worked is committing to something and then like really doing it you know not talking about and just half-assing it but like really doing it you know yeah because if you look down at you know what kind of art is being created out there you know obviously there are some like hot top hot topics like oh everyone's on blender or unreal engine but there's so much art that is just mind-blowing that is done in other software that you know it doesn't really matter which software you're going to use it might matter for like productivity i guess at the end of the day i would say like if you ask me like should i learn 3d software it's like well I think ask yourself what inspires you enough or mm. like what are you going to be obsessed about enough so you can just basically survive the onslaught of errors, bugs, and fucking shit not working yeah, all the yeah. time so you don't get frustrated to a point where you just abandon it, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's like even I know people who professionally do stuff for the industry and they didn't even use Photoshop, right? They use Procreate and an iPad and an Apple Pencil. That's their entire pipeline, and that that's a new thing, the by the way. But yeah, that's that's already yeah. true. Yeah, and then even looking at guys like uh, I mean, we talked about Kim Jong Ji, but if you look at people like T B Choi, who have came out to LA, you know, from Korea, and you know, she's just like she, her knowledge of anatomy is groundbreaking to the point where like you know, characters are her thing. She does them mm-hmm. super well. You know, it's like again specialization versus generalization right do you do a lot of things okay or do you want do one thing really well and like you said you know like the one thing you know like my friend in glasgow who you know just draws constantly in, in black and white and and he's i mean he's a storyboard artist so that kind of is part of the 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 part and partial but also does visual development but his sketches right. are so good his penmanship like his draftsmanship is so solid that he can be very versatile with that skill so if you were wanting like i say to the students i teach i'm like 
you know, focus on drawing first, and then from there you can branch out to you know painting. Once you've done painting, for you know, like it's the thing you hear in every teacher, right? Foundations, foundations, foundations. It's the thing that will drive you. Yeah. Forward. Yeah. Yeah. The tools are becoming so easy these days that it's yeah. you know like in order to render something realistic, it's not a, a giant feat to do that anymore. You know, it's like, it's yeah. yeah okay. You used a real time rendering or, or non real time rendering. The lighting yeah. comes from pre-calculated, you know, physically accurate stuff and you get materials that are already designed for you and boom, and you have a realistic scene. Right. Yeah. Um, so it's not, it's not like a difficult thing to do anymore to make something that looks realistic. Um, yeah in terms I mean, of how it renders but to design I mean, something that looks yeah. good you know that's another thing so i was going to say i think it's i mean like even just speaking to guys like you know robbie johnson and daniel warrior when they had them on the podcast and they were talking about the last of us too right like you know mm -hmm. a lot of that stuff you know maybe isn't like 90 percent 3d but like the 10 percent to make that believable and fit within that world that's when the foundations come in right like the lighting's off like you know you look at something like lighting's off textures are off you know the shadows are wrong that's the stuff that your foundations prepare you for right because right. you know yourself when you're when you were first maybe using photo bashing was probably enough people doing that and they were doing it badly and it was easy to spot like when people were using photo textures to fill in the gaps of i don't know how to draw you know what i mean yeah yeah so, yeah, yeah yeah of course yeah you can, you can you can cheat so far but then if there's a fundamental knowledge gap you're never going to fill that with any kind of 3D. Sure. Um, you know, it's, it's always going to be the case. Even you know, even with Blender, people think it's like you click a button and you've instantly got a concept. Like there is an amount of work that goes into that. You know that you have to understand. You know, even just using the right end, the render engine. You know, people like oh, I'm using Cycles, but like, well, you really should be using Eevee. But it depends what you want, right? If you want something that's pre-rendered, you're going to need Cycles. So, you know, there is a fundamental knowledge gap you need before you can make something look believable um yeah yeah and there is also you know a question like how which of those tools are are you using them correctly towards what you need to get and are you maybe unnecessarily adding that extra work that you don't need to add because you could achieve that by just cheating yes. cheating meaning like do i need to really design the whole environment or can i use the hdri to yeah. basically fix some of the problems that I would never focus on because they're just the background, you know? Yeah. Uh, do I need to model and make a realistic texture for something that's in the background? Or can I make can I make like a approximation of a model and then just project project a photo or something that just makes yeah. it like vastly easier and faster to do? You know, like yeah. I had Ian Hubert on the mm -hmm. podcast and he's you know the the blender guy the one minute tutorial ma ma maestro who yeah. is just basically showing like oh you can make blender look like a vfx for movie and he's just doing it at the easiest possible in the easiest possible way just yeah. cheating things that you don't need to design because he knows that that's you're never gonna it's not a video game where you have to look on the object from all the sides right Right, yeah. you're basically showing a shot and if you can get away with that then why not so yeah, yeah there's definitely that 
Yeah. I mean, it's production versus like the base skill because, you know, I remember when Lens Square brought out the course uh, with, I think it was uh, Aaron, uh, Aaron Limerick, um, mm-hmm. one of the Naughty Dog artists. And, you know, like Aaron could easily draw and render and paint all the shots and you know last of us when he was working on it but like you know the reason he's using either 3d or 2d photo fashion is because it's a time-saving thing right it's it's production it's right. no necessity it's just it's the thing he's doing to get the best shot the quickest whereas i think students confuse that so much with i need to learn 3d because if i don't i'm not going to be able to get the same results you probably could get close if you just use traditional results but like yeah those everything's like like you said everything's a tool you know it's like you learn it because it's another uh it, it goes in your tool belt it's something you can pick up and use if you need to you know mm-hmm. like i mean even when you came to naughty dog originally you were you know shady was saying he remember used to, you know him and etan used to look over your shoulder and be like what the fuck are you doing with like, full textures <laughs> we're exaggerating but yeah <laughs> yeah yeah but like still like that was such a new concept even then and then people were like and now like you know 3d coat and blender and all those programs if somebody comes in the studio and is like a master at that thing and of course you're like oh, what, what are you doing how are you getting this effect like so quickly and it's it's a thing that will work in production but i think it also depends on where you want to work right if naughty dog is your end goal then sure you need to learn 3d to some extent you'll need to learn photo fashion or some technique that will be able to use photo textures really quickly um if you want to work in an indie studio and draw things by hand then sure drawing and painting are your are your main skill sets you probably won't actually need to touch 3d you know it, it just depends on where you want to land eventually right yeah 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 yeah. it all comes down to how when you're learning tools like what do you what is the reason to learn them right i try to approach everything from a perspective of uh i'm not learning because it's a it's a hot topic because everyone is learning therefore i should like i never right. I try to avoid looking at uh, approaching the subject that way because it just leads to wasted time, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, probably the the some of the best artists that I, I admire the most. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of funny because like the the best artists that I admire the most, for the most part, use completely outdated software. Like you would be right. like, what? You're using that? You know, I remember Vitaly using Softimage for modeling. Softimage <laughs> and, you know, and that but was like a few years ago. God. Like he gets away with that stuff. Like, so. I yeah, mean, but like... he's an absolute killer when it comes to, you know, hard surface. And he's using, yeah. he was using like the oldest possible software you, know, you could find. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, not all as possible, but, uh, yeah, you know, yeah, something yeah. That, that was outdated 10 years ago. I was like, "Whoa, you're not using Blender with the new bells and whistles?" Like, no, I'm using something that doesn't doesn't even have one hundredth of uh of the features that Blender has. But he's just so good at it. Like, he's just yeah. he's not focusing on tools. He's fo- focusing on how to use tools to make stuff that he wants to make. Right? Yes. And yes. this is the true. This is truth to everyone I know that mm-hmm. uses software. They use it to make it as a tool, not as a end all be all you know yeah so it's the foundation thing right it comes back to like right if yeah exactly had to use max or maya or whatever the fuck he could use it right he's not going to struggle he's not going to sit there for like a day and be like i have no idea what i'm doing like he'll he'll figure that out but then like people when they let, like it's the same when we talk about drawing right if, if you have a solid foundation in drawing and painting when it comes to designing something you know using 3d coat using zbrush using whatever it's just something that is another tool in the belt it's no you know like if 
if ZBrush died tomorrow or like all the software went away, like how well would you then, you know, if, if all you had left was Photoshop, how well would you do? You know what I mean? Like and right. for a lot of people, a lot of people, including yourself, they'd be like, well, that's fine. I can draw on paint. I don't, I don't need to use photo textures. Like if I have to use just paint, I can do that. So yeah, like that's the thing that will make you, I think, um, sustainable in the industry, right? Mm-hmm. More future proof. If you can then say, well, I know how to 3D model. So whatever is the next blender, cool. I can handle that. You know what I mean? Um, right. So yeah, and yeah, like you said, it's just deciding what type of artist you want to be, right? Yeah, and you look at software, like people are getting excited about the new update that oh this software has this new thing that is just amazing and then mm-hmm. are you gonna jump ship just to realize that the software you're in is gonna have that same feature a month later you know <laughs> it's yep. like yep. and here, here's what comes with the when you when you get the latest and greatest you also get the untested you know meaning mm-hmm. the software might be buggy the the drivers might not work that well just yet and yeah. The feature that you're excited about is going to crash and corrupt your project and you're fucked, you know? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's like, it's it's a gamble. I guess when you're learning those things, it's it's one thing, but when you're working on the project, that's another thing as well, you know? Yeah. I, I avoid, uh, like, I avoid, I only use things that I know are, like, bulletproof for professional yeah. projects because the moment it crashes, then I'm yeah, fucked, yeah. you know, like, okay. Yeah. I've wasted kind of so much time to get to get here instead of doing it in the way yeah. where I know it works, you know? Especially in film, right? You kind of turn around to a director and be like, oh, you're going to have to wait a day on me because my project's corrupted. It'll be like, oh, well, bye. <laughs> like, you know, like if that's, if that's I mean, like at your, at your yeah. stature, of course, that wouldn't happen. But like if you're early on and you're so experimental that like you're holding up production, then that's just, that's going to be a, a clusterfuck. That's something that yeah. It's kind of funny with film, the directors and production designers, they don't necessarily give a fuck if you're using the latest, like they don't, they don't actually care what, what, yeah. are, you, what are you doing? They of only course. care that you're going to get a result that they need in order to build the set or make the costume or build the VFX. That's all they care about. How yes. it's looking and how you did it. I mean, obviously it has to look good. Um there has to be, you know, that kind of the baseline, but standard. You, you know, it's it's funny because like, I I can f- I can find a lot more inspiring art on art station than in film industry, but mm. then when I look at the art that is done in the film industry, on the other hand, it's reliable as hell. Like meaning, yeah. they just I just need to do this, and then once it's, once it's done, this is exactly serving the purpose that is needed to to be served. Meaning. It mm-hmm. it shows how the environment's laid out. It shows what kind of material is going to be used for mm-hmm. building that prop. They're not going to take your painting and put it behind the actor. They're going to build right. the set, you know? So they need to know how this works in the relationship with, with what the scene's going to be. Because yeah. later on, the DP, the, the, the lighting, all of that's going to be built completely separate from what you did. And sometimes it happens that you know some of the illustrators do such an amazing job in in conveying the scene and lighting that is yeah. literally translated to what the scene's going to be like because the the vfx supervisor and the director and and the dp they oh shit it looks awesome let's let's just build it you know because yeah, it's yeah, exactly yeah. how we want it mm-hmm. um but that's not I mean, 
yeah. if you can get that, that's great. But the the, the, the reliability part is the, the important one because yeah. if a product if you work with a production designer or, or a director and no matter how good you do, but uh, but they all but they know for for certain that if they give you something to work on with the expectation that this is the results that they want to get after, you're always gonna deliver no matter what, right? Yeah, they don't yeah. care if you build it in Unreal or if you build it in Blender or if you use 3ds Max or if you use SketchUp or if you draw it with pencils. Like mm-hmm. that doesn't matter. It yeah. matters that you can do what they want you to do. That you mm-hmm. can deliver very specific thing that they are after, and that's yeah. only that only thing that matters. It's a little different in video games, where I mean, mm-hmm. it's true in video games as well because like your art is just a a reference at this point like what you do with with your paintings for for your concept art for video games it's a reference for for uh pretty much 100 other peoples to basically Mm. build it you know yeah yeah. so it's the same i mean it's it's true it's true it's true as well in in that situation but yeah yeah i was going to say yeah yeah but i think again focus on the the software i think it's one of these things that like if you are so you know if you're constantly chasing trends in five years, the thing you sunk your time in, it might change again. And then what do you do? Do you switch again? Because, like, I mean, going back to, like, I think I was at an industry workshop, uh, like, 2015, 2016. I think Ash was there that year. But, like, I was speaking to Chris Rosenworth at the time, and, you know, he was doing all the pre-production on, like, I think a Bond film. But he was talking back then about how they were using VR headsets to build and pre-production sets and then put, the like, the headset on the director's head, and he could mm-hmm. physically walk about in the set. Now, that was like five, six years ago. So you'll probably find that like even the stuff you're trying to learn now when you walk into films, you know, there's probably stuff you guys are using that are already five years ahead of everybody else. So that's why I'm saying like foundation is so key because, you know, as long as you can paint and draw well, the, the tool set wouldn't mar. Like, you know, Blender's here today. Great. In two years, what's the next thing? And like you said, right. with, with DPs, with, with VDs, those guys are like, you know, they're no interested in what you done the final result in. It's just that you have a result. You know what I mean? Yeah, and software is just software. It's just a tool for you to get things done, and you can learn it. You can learn one or another. Obviously, it's going to take time to readjust if you need to change the software you're using. But right. at the end of the day, it's just a tool, and you have to look at it from a from a point of view as like, okay, am I? Is this tool helping me to get the get the get the work done or it's getting in the way of getting the work yeah. done you know yeah yeah so i mean in essence that's what kind of takes me to my next point and looking at showtime which of course congratulations with that landed in august and that blew up and it was it was huge it was uh it was incredible man you know i mean you're like a one-man workhorse when it comes to production like i think you know we all had expectations for what you were going to drop but then I think we were all surprised with, you know, when we watched it, I say we, it was like me and five other of my concept buddies. And we were all like, <laughs> around the monitor being like, oh, it's, it's nearly cut here. It's, he's going to he's going to post it. He's going to post it. And uh, we loved it, man. I mean, we were all, you know, Ghost in the Shell fans, Akira fans, of course, you know, back in the days. And I think it's like, you know, is that something that is like the aim eventually? Is that like, you're going to want to make your own anime movie, right? Um... That's... I don't know. Like honestly, the goal was to make a short film, right? Right. And yeah. that was my initial goal. Like what what's going to happen after with 
Showtime, mm-hmm. it's yet to be decided. Like this, I, I don't, I, I wasn't particularly attached to the idea that this is going to be this this giant thing that I'll be developing into a feature film or whatever. Right? That's that was never the goal. The goal was to prove myself that I can direct and make something happen, like make an animation or or make a short film that has right. some kind of substance that uh, can be uh, something more than just what I've done so far, which is just concept art and illustration, right? right. So that was the goal, and I, f- I feel like I achieved it. And, the, well, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, it's it's subjective whether people... I, f- I feel like from the, sub- the, the feedback I got, people loved it and asked for more. <laughs> so yeah, that's, I, I really appreciate that, obviously. The, yeah, yeah. the the personal goal is already reached, meaning like what stem out of Showtime already got me a commercial gig that is uh, my like commercial director role, um, you know, debut. So I already got that. And yeah. what happens next, I don't go as far. I just, you know, look at what's the next project that is really inspiring for me personally. And then... I'm going to pursue that and just going to make it happen, you know? Um, And then whatever tools are needed to be used to make it happen, I will learn those and, and make, make it happen again. You know, that's, I I just feel like with everything going on, like how much stuff is out there software wise, hardware wise, and the world moving on and, you know, people getting excited about different trends and the frequency of progression, all that stuff. It's like, in order to not get overwhelmed and distracted, you just have to pick something that you're excited about and just go for it, you know? So yeah. I, I, I've i been looking at, at my work pretty much from that lens for past year, maybe two years. Right. And uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Is that a thing also that you use uh, a lot of Eastern influence still in your work? I mean, like, you know you're you're you know you're working these big massive western hollywood budget things but you know like i mean even for me like i still i try to incorporate like my love for eastern you know anime uh japanese film you know even sitting on a sunday and watching kurosawa films like i just got uh my cat uh katsuya tarada uh 10 of 10 retrospective in today so i've been browsing through that you know and uh you know there's a bunch of japanese artists that you know, I love guys, some of the original, like Akira and that, and Akira Vosa that worked on, you know, like Street Fighter and stuff that I just, you know, illustration-wise blow me away still. Is that something that you're still taking? Or like, I mean, is it is it something where you originally, like you dived into stuff like Ghost in the Shell and Akira, and that was kind of your main point for a lot of the, the, the years, and now you've kind of moved away from that? Or is that something that you still dive into? Um, I don't know. Like, obviously there are some projects that I have in mind that, uh cannot answer <laughs> whether this of course whether yeah. this is true or not yeah, um yeah. you know when I mean, I, have, you, have you got an active role and and you know sitting in crunchy role and, and and diving into stuff that is maybe the cut i mean like like i'm watching stuff like boku no hero academia and stuff like that you know like are you still trying to partake that that side of anime and uh japanese animation is that something that's still involved in your life um you know i've you mentioned Akira and Ghost in the Shell. Those, those are those are like the two sort of like tentpole, uh, yeah. sort of like a cornerstone cor- cornerstone animes that 
basically changed my perspective on what what's possible and what art is you know when i was yeah. i grew up watching those and i was always inspired and for me they were always like the sort of like the, the pinnacle of this is this is what anime is supposed to be in my opinion and uh and there is a lot and, and so one of the reasons why i would when i made showtime uh sh- short was to sort of like prove a point that you can go back in time and refresh sort of the the visuals towards the modern look without going expressively too far into that direction of like completely 3d or you know right i guess maintaining the the artistry of how those those movies were made back then because when you look at the work uh, working uh the, the behind the scenes of those projects it's absolutely insane how they made them you know the amount of work that went into that i don't think there's any other anime these days that are made in the same with the same love and passion than those those that were made back then uh and there's only a few you know like you could you could only count a few you would probably run out of ideas of of, of like absolute masterpieces of animation uh, in 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 the palm of your hand when it comes back like looking back in time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so so that's sort of like the quality that I I, I admire, and I'm not mm-hmm. personally attached that this has to be anime or or film or or anything else. It's just the sort of like the attention to detail, you know. Like when you pause, you know, one of the intre- one of the most interesting, um, one of the most interesting exercises you can do is watch uh, Ghost in the Shell or Akira and pause, and then just like break down to see what you see. And you, there's just so many times where I would watch Ghost in the Shell and pause in like a moment, uh, and and look at the the screen and try to observe what's there. And I was like, holy fuck, there's so much detail that you miss out. It's like yeah. it's there, it's it it's adding the fidelity, but it's so such a subtle thing that you don't even pay attention to. But if you take it away, you will notice, you know? Yeah. And um I like to do an exercise like that when I pause and and look and observe and yes. and get like, holy crap, there's just so much art- artistry that goes into. And it applies to everything, to animation, to film to illustration to you know sound design like all of those things you know you learn that you know there's something about the love and artistry about making things like absolutely the most beautiful you can without cutting corners and like oh this is good enough let's move on you know because i had that with with with, uh, with showtime as well like i would have so many moments where i was just like oh, it's good it's good enough it's good enough yeah. i can move on and yeah. I was just like kick kick myself in the butt and say like no it's not good enough because like once you finish and it's done right yeah, yeah, yeah. you're gonna regret that you haven't done you, you're gonna be pissed that you haven't finished it or you haven't added that extra extra juice to it you know yeah, and obviously yeah, yeah. you can go forever yeah. like I, I look at yeah, my yeah. my animation back now and it's like oh, crap mm-hmm. like I wish I did this this this, this completely differently of course. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. that's in the hindsight so yeah yeah. I mean, like, I was like, even going back to guys like Miyamoto at Nintendo, I mean, they, I think he's famously quoted as saying, you know, uh, a rush game is bad, but a delayed game is eventually good. So, like, you know, right. if, you, 
if you try to push something out quickly just because you're like i need i need it just to come out like you know you'll probably have people still going wow but maybe no like oh my god wow you know like mm-hmm. it, i think that's where showtime crossed the line you know even i can't tell you how many documentaries uh i've watched on you know ghibli movies getting made and um you know the the level that goes into even just the 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 hand animated stuff, you know, this, the individual cells, the, you know, how some of their movies would take years and years and would never come out because they just were never happy with them. And, and again, that's, that's different though. That's like, that's the Japanese standard as well. That's the way they work is like, everything has to be perfect. It has to be to the finest and smallest detail. It has to be perfection. So, um, I think any level of that in your work is great because obviously you want to show your best side in everything you do. Um, you know, you don't want to put out something that's attached to your name and it's like, it's mediocre because then forever it will live as a mediocre product thing, you know, yeah. you tear your hair out. So yeah, I think it's like, I think the reason I keep my, my eyes and my ears to the Japanese floor of animation and film, you know, even a lot of their, you know, you look at a lot of their animes now, they're actually using more and more 3D because it's a production thing where it saves a lot of time, right? Um, yeah, of like, course. Like I think Demon Slayer is one of the biggest uh, grossing movies over there just now uh, and series, and uh, most of the characters and environments are done in 3D because it's so quickly, you know, they can you can push that stuff out so quickly, but also it's so high fidelity. And uh, I think keeping that in the loop when you're making stuff is that, you know, because I, I think... I think the biggest growth I have when I'm as an artist is looking for people outside the industry, looking for people that aren't involved in concept art and games and, you know, Call of Duty and whatever, you know, there's some guys I love who are like, they're just illustrators that are in some small town down in England, but their craft and their hone is so, you know, specific and amazing. And, you know, they're just illustrators, they're just painters, they aren't involved in the industry. They have a unique perspective that I think is great to have mm-hmm. in the work you do. Um, I think if you continuously focus on, like you know or who worked in the latest call of duty or who worked in the last of us and those guys are great in their own respect but i think when the more you look outside of that the quicker you grow as an individual yeah for sure yeah 100 percent uh okay so I, I think that's a good place to to wrap it uh Michi. i think I've, I've kept you for long enough um <laughs> i mean like you i mean when you get involved in talking about it, right you could be here forever just you know yeah talking. there's a lot of subjects we we touched upon that by its own could be you know their oh, own podcast. episodes yeah yeah 100 um but yeah it was it was great and again just thanks for coming on and and giving up your time um i'm extremely grateful for uh the, you know the hour i got with you i think it's it's um i definitely know people will enjoy it. i mean i have you know so i think if, if i'm enjoying <laughs> it everybody who will, will listen to it will will really enjoy it and, yeah we'll see uh, by comments <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, wait joking. for the goals to hit but no, i appreciate sure. for the invite though Nobody fucking listens to this podcast anyway, so it's fine. So <laughs> <laughs> that's all good. Yeah. Um, cool. So uh so you know, where can people find you or where should we be looking to to see your stuff? What are you doing these days? Um my website, kuchara.com, my Instagram, my Machi Kuchara, which is mm-hmm. you know my first and last name. Those are yeah. the primary places. Obviously, I have my own podcast. You, you, honey, you mentioned like nobody listens to it. It's like, yeah, like yeah. when I started, nobody was listening to mine either. So, <laughs> yeah, I know <laughs> it just, takes forever. Now, nah, even just like occasionally getting, I remember I got an email, I think a couple of months ago, and somebody was like, 
um you inspired me so much with you know having the courage to leave your job i've just i've turned 30 i've just left my steel working job to go back to university and be an artist and i was like the tears were running and my faces i was reading the email i was like oh my god (laughs) so incredible so like yeah those those emails are great um yeah i've always said if like one person is listening and they enjoy it then you know job done so but i was actually really surprised yeah. like last year going to lightbox and like you know i was helping raf of his table and like every second person was like i know your name your your voice from somewhere and like oh digital art cast i love you and i was like what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> you're kidding me you're out here in la you know my name and yeah it's it's freaky man but uh yeah you do it for the love you don't do these things for any cash or anything or anything else because uh yeah i mean well there is no money in it but yeah like it's as, as long as you feel like you're helping somebody um after there is money in it it's just you have to hustle a lot and eventually get yeah. there you know but yeah it's it's yeah. a it's a completely different subject for yeah, yeah. i yeah. this is something i you know it has to be it's almost like a job like it has to become your job where you yeah. just treat it in a way and there are a lot of podcasts that do really well financially because they just become yeah. big enough to garnish the the sponsors you know Uh, or you know you use a podcast to push your own you know merchandise and whatnot or lessons or whatever you know there's 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 ways of monetizing those things but overall yeah generally speaking uh you don't start from the from the idea of like i'm gonna be rich by making an art podcast i'm still still waiting for raid shadow legends to hit me up like i'm just waiting for that email to drop every day now like (laughs) (laughs) um yeah cool okay so uh so yeah thanks again to michelle for coming on if you guys have any questions or want to add any comments down below i'm sure um we'll check them out at one point i'll leave all his social media and links below you can check him out at various places um also check out learn squared which which is as part of and the founder of that you guys can learn online some really great resources yeah, there absolutely best um, place to learn yeah yes <laughs> fuck everything else it's so good um <laughs> yeah man and uh and just spam his inbox it's cool um yeah that and then of course uh there's also art, art cafe which he has his own podcast where he has guests as well and speaks to people from the industry so check that out as well again i'll leave it in the link below um if you're watching us on youtube that's great but we also are on spotify uh stitcher google Podcasts, itunes all that kind of stuff and uh yeah likes comments shares it always helps the podcast um i think we're nearly at 3k uh i pretty god when my shares it that we get somewhere close to that that would be great that would be a nice christmas present for me if i got a couple <laughs> more subscribers um but yeah man indeed thanks again for listening guys and thanks Mache, and uh we'll see you guys later yeah, i appreciate having me thanks guys yes indeed bye